0: welcome to haunting history the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone tales of true crime mystery and the macabre and when we're lucky the stories were true crime history and the paranormal me now who doesn't love a good ghost story right Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And today I have Charles Spratley, historian, author, tour guide, and you'll remember him from the Villa Montezuma. Charles so graciously agreed to do my hometown of Orange, California, the Historic District. Hi, Charles. Hi, how are you? Super good. I'm so excited to do this one.
1: Oh, no. When you asked me about it, I was like, yes, let's let's do Orange.
0: And did you know that there is... No, you're not from Orange. You've just done all the history and the research on Orange. No,
1: I'm not from Orange. I'm a San Diego native. There's
0: a huge argument online, probably at least twice a year, about whether the historic district should be called the Orange Plaza or the Orange Circle.
1: It's the Plaza.
0: It's the Plaza because that's what it was named initially. And that's what all the old timers... Call it. And I moved there when I was five. My parents moved us from Pittsburgh to California and we lived in Anaheim and then we moved to Orange. My parents always referred to it as the circle, as in, let's go to the circle or we're going to go to the store at the circle. And as I got older and met all my friends like through school and stuff and their parents had been Orange natives, they only called it the Plaza. Mm hmm. So I know I'm supposed to refer to it as the Orange Plaza. I know that. But my mom and dad always called it the
1: circle. That's okay.
0: And we should explain the reason why for people who are not from Orange County, California or Southern California would not know either way. They would just probably call it whatever. But the reason that people call it the circle is because of the roundabout in the center of it.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's the only... Well, they have them now everywhere because I guess they're hip now. But it used to be the only roundabout in in like that whole area.
0: And it was when they first opened it, they didn't have it set up. Like now the traffic is completely guided around the plaza. But when it first, when cars were first being used in Orange, they just drove every direction. Yeah. Like willy nilly.
1: Well, you know, cars were more of a novelty than anything else back then. So, But the plaza, or circle, whatever you want to call it, has been around since the beginning of the town.
0: And that was when?
1: Uh, Officially, well, the original incantation of the town is 1874.
0: And it was, who were the gentlemen's names?
1: Chapman and Glassell.
0: But who was the architect of the plaza?
1: uh the person who laid out all the streets is actually Gossel's uh brother.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, who was a Civil War veteran.
0: And he did other cities too, not just Orange.
1: Mhm. Yeah. He contributed a lot to the Southern California area for laying out streets and stuff.
0: And it's still so beautiful. Like I love going down there especially at Christmas time.
1: Oh, that's like my favorite time to go. Christmas time is absolutely fabulous to go and it's coming up, so I always tell people to just go and see the plaza. Um, and I, and I avoided at all costs at street fair. The street fair is awful.
0: (laughs) I mean, not awful. I don't want to say that. It's a, it's a tradition. It's an orange tradition. And I've been going since I was five, but it's so insane. I read somewhere that they pack something like 800,000 people in that area over the weekend.
1: Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's a lot of drug people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And every, (laughs) <laughs> every single one of them is completely drunk yeah regardless of the price that it cost to get drunk there
1: yeah i think people save up just for the orange fair
0: yes to go to the the international street fair yes okay so sorry i didn't we kind of no went off no no
1: no no so all means everybody go to the orange street fair
0: absolutely it is i and honestly i skipped this year well they closed it last year because of covid
1: yeah it was open it was open and apparently it wasn't that busy
0: This year was not that busy.
1: Well, yeah. People were still a little skittish.
0: Well, and I didn't go this year. So I didn't go last year because it was, they didn't have it. And then this year I didn't go because, well, for one thing, it's always the hottest day of the year Mm -hmm. that weekend. And I just was like, I don't want to go, which is weird because honestly, I've gone my whole life. I just didn't want to go and be crowded and hot this year. Oh, that's the indication I'm getting old right there that that was my reason for not going.
1: Because you didn't want to get hot.
0: I think it was like hot, and bleh, I don't want to go. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Yeah, no, that it's official. It's freaking official now. Well, let's talk Orange. Let's do that, please. I would like you to tell me the history and then the hauntings of the city. Okay.
1: Well, let's cover a little bit of generalized history um, very okay. quickly. Just as I mentioned, it it starts in the uh, early 1870s, and uh, it was originally called Richland, and um, the little the little town of Richland, including. The little plaza area, it was a farming community and uh, they grew a lot of things, including one of their primary crops is uh, grapes. The town got so big that they wanted to get a post office and they were denied the town of Richland because there already was a Richland. And so they were forced to go with orange.
0: Yay. And And it was because of the orange trees. There were still orange orchards in orange, right? No, it was yeah, because still named after someone, right? After someone's
1: town. Well, the one, well, the yeah, the one thing we do know is I think it is Glacelle that comes from Orange County, Virginia.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. So,
1: it's really interesting that when a lot of people think of Orange County, ca- Orange being named after like oranges, I'm like, well, you're partially right, but they've always grown a lot of different uh, stuff, not just citrus. But avocados, walnuts,
0: weren't olives a big thing too?
1: Olives were, yep. And like I said before, grapes as well until they had a grape blight that completely wiped out the crop.
0: And the actual or the historic district is made up of what? What is the square mile? The square miles of the orange circle? It's not very big. It's basically a block. North and south and a block east and west, around the
1: circle. Yeah, pretty much. Now I will tell you something. There are some absolutely outstanding and beautiful homes outside of that area, but the main part of the historic district really isn't that big. Yeah, it's only about a a, a block on each side.
0: When you do your tour, you start at name the of Royer it. Royer
1: Mansion.
0: Royer Mansion. Tell, tell um, us about that.
1: What's that it's a it's actually it's a very beautiful home. And it's now business offices. And a lot of people rent out spaces. There's some interior designers, there's some lawyers and stuff that use it as their business offices. But it was the home of Doctor Daniel Franklin Royer. He was a physician, and uh, he was part of the local Masonic Lodge Order, as well as he was part of the Oddfellows in that or- in that town as well.
0: The Oddfellows building was literally right down the street from Royer Mansion. So
1: um. Well, know. the old Oddfellows building. Uh, used to be right above Watson's Drugs.
0: Oh, the original one was, right? The and original they...
1: one was, and then they built the new one, which they couldn't afford anymore, and they sold it to the Elks. And that's the oh. Elks Lodge. Which is right across the street, basically, kitty-corner. Yeah, r- yeah, right across from Watson's.
0: So Royer Mansion there is is thought to be haunted.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because every once in a while, uh, we get a chance to actually talk to somebody who uses that space, and they always have very, very interesting stories to share, um, paranormal stories. Well, the history itself is, if I could just go into the history. Please, yeah. Royer himself is a very interesting individual. He was well-educated, but uh, the guy just couldn't hold on a job. His life depended on it when he was younger. He got a job as an Indian agent in the Dakotas. He was uh, very naive in the ways of the Native Americans, Mm -hmm. and... When he saw them doing their ghost dance, he had no idea what they were doing. And so he kind of freaked out. And he wrote letters and kind of just said, I need some help here. So if you guys could send some help, that would be amazing. And he kept on thinking other Indian agents would come out and help him. And instead, um, troops came out. And it didn't end well. For the Indians. For the Native Americans, yeah. He was devastated by this. Uh, But uh, he later made his way out west where he became a physician. And uh, he also was one of the early mayors of Worge. But uh, he was, uh, I guess, I always tell people on my tour, he's kind of a jerk. Because he divorced his wife during a Victorian time period, which was extremely rare. And then uh, he decided to leave the house to his daughter. And uh, the daughter actually passed away in the house
0: at what age
1: oh um she was older when she passed away but she was um uh she had failing health for a goodly portion of her life i think so but royer himself has always been kind of a very interesting character kind of enigmatic making his way out west as some of the others did he himself found some interesting articles about him like hiding money from his ex-wife and stuff like and i and i mean we're talking this stuff going on in like 19 teens. Wow. And, and um and he was even uh found guilty of selling um painkillers to people but they they didn't uh put him uh in prison because of his age. Oh so he
0: was doing that as an elderly man? Yes. Wow.
1: So, but um, a lot of people have experienced things in the Royer uh, house itself. One of the things that I think is very interesting is uh, we had a chance a long time ago to interview a guy by the name of Gene Seacrest, and he was one of the people who bought the house. Well What a lot of people don't realize is, uh, yeah, it was a funeral home for a while. For a long time. That's Which what it was. a very long time.
0: Yeah, that's what I knew it as. I didn't know it as Royer Mansion, until many years later, I knew it as the mortuary.
1: Yeah, it's really funny because uh, here we are, we're like talking about, oh yeah, doctor did. Oh yeah, by the way, it was also a funeral home. It's like, why did you forget that little portion? Um, but uh, the one thing is, is, it was a funeral home for a very long time, and if you ever drive by, that's why it has those little columns in the front of it. That's that happened. They put those in when it's a funeral home. When Seacrest took it over in the night in the 1980s, and he decided to actually live in it down in the basement he actually found in when he got his new home that they had the freezers for where they that cold room for the bodies was still there (laughs) oh and so he's like you know what this would be an awesome place for my bar so he put his bar right there and he got the little you know freezers right there behind him of
0: where they slid the bodies in
1: yeah and and you know what the bar's still there is it really yes it is and there's no offices down there in the basement? Um, actually, there are some offices down there. They have a really – they have a nice full basement. And it, and uh, that's part of the some of the stories that we've acquired over the years, including uh, we had somebody who had an office downstairs – and she heard scratchings one night over by the old freezers. Oh! <laughs> and when she got up to go check it out, of course there was nothing amiss. But she's like, "This that just unnerved her."
0: I wonder if she kept her office there for a while. Did she leave?
1: I I think I think she kept it there. She it was a law office. Yeah, there was another law office in the back that I thought was very interesting that we had a chance to interview. Uh, the person who rented it out there. And he was a lawyer and uh, he was experiencing poltergeist activity in his office.
0: So is all the hauntings at the Moriarty Mansion, is it attributed to the mortuary or is it attributed to the warriors?
1: Well, you know, that's one of the things that's actually very interesting is um, probably one of the most interesting ghost stories associated with the warriors it actually came from Gene Seacrest when he was remodeling the house he allowed two gentlemen to live in the house while the house was being restored. The gentlemen, these were two big guys, you know, construction workers, and they each chose different parts of the house as their own living quarters. And uh, as strange stuff started to happen, they started to move where they slept closer together. <laughs> Because they were scared. They were scared. And then the next thing you know, like their last couple of weeks there, they're like sharing one room because they hated being there. Uh, went to go pay them. He found their room full with like effigy candles and other things for like the protection from evil. One of the workmen claimed that several times he saw a, a woman walking through the house, even though these were the only guys that were there.
0: So that Roy, your daughter? Quite possibly.
1: Wow, did the Seacrest ever have any issues there? No, he um that he mentioned no. But one of the things that was very interesting is um, Seacrest himself he was actually kind of jazzed about it. I was a little bit of worried about it, but him and Royer shared the same birthday. And interesting, they came, and they came from like the same like part of the country, and they went to the same college. That's crazy. Yeah. Right about then I would think about buying a place in like Albuquerque. I would not want to buy a place like where I'm like, oh yeah, the previous owner had the same birthday and went to the same college as me. I'm like oh, that's if, a bad sign. If <laughs>
0: the Royer Mansion came up for sale now, I would I would want to buy it. You would? Yes, I love it. And that's knowing it was a mortuary for many years. I mean, I honestly only knew it as the mortuary.
1: You are but a disturbed person.
0: I, seriously, it's such a beautiful house, though. And it has such amazing history. I'm actually kind of sad that it's not a private home.
1: I am as well. But on the flip side is um, I've been into the little area, the little entry hall area. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of the rooms that they let me in, and they have done a fantastic job keeping it the way that I think it should be kept.
0: Well, and I guess, more people get to 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 be a part of it when it's mm-hmm. the way it is now.
1: Yeah, yeah, because everybody, you know, eventually will need a lawyer.
0: <laughs> Some more people <laughs> will go in there. And um, what's our next building that you want to talk about?
1: I would say a really good one is um, the Rudabegords restaurant. Ooh, go! Um, Gourds has always been kind of interesting. Um, well, first off, the food is fantastic. That house right there, that's like an early 20th century arts and craft ranch home. And the original owners lived there for many years. I think they lived in that house for over 50 years together before they both passed in the house. Then it became uh, Tony's Mexican Food, which was a staple in the orange community. Everybody remembers Tony's. And then uh, the woman who bought, uh, bought it uh, owned the Root of a Gorge chain. And she wanted to turn it back into that turn-of-the-century house. And um, there's a pretty common theory that when you restore places that are known for its activity, it kind of like kicks the activity up a little bit. And that's exactly what was going on in there. They had pictures popping off of the walls. They had doors that would swell up that nobody could open them. And then somebody would just randomly walk by and a door would pop open. It's just been a very very interesting place and then when they opened it up as a restaurant uh one of my favorite stories was uh one of the bus boys was clearing a table and there's one wall in the restaurant that is all windows it's like a whole bunch of windows lined up together and as he was clearing the table that the window closest to the table started to shake violently. he said it was like a train was going by but it was only that pane of glass None of the under windows were shaking at all. Just that one. And then it just stopped and he felt the cool breeze go by him. Oh,
0: I, that's, I've heard that people have been talking about Ruta Bagores being haunted for, since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Since like, it was the place that you wanted to go and see if something would happen. Although I prefer to eat on their patio, their little <laughs> outside dining thing, just because I love it. But people say that all kinds of things happen inside that house.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I love is that almost all the staff that I've ever run into have had some kind of experience there and they have no problem talking about it, especially, you know, they know us.
0: Right. And some of the buildings are kind of weird about that. That's Mm. the thing. I don't know that Orange, you know how San Clemente, I always talk about this, not San Clemente, I'm sorry. Um, San Juan Capistano completely embraces their ghost stories. Uh I don't know that Orange has ever done that.
1: Not as much. Not as much. Uh, I, I, What I love is when people get to know us, you know, um, and when I say us, I'm talking about Haunted OC and Orange County and we get to meet and actually talk and stuff like that. They're usually very open about it because they realize that, one, we're going to, you know, treat them with respect and we're not going to take advantage of them. Right. And also, we really want to hear their story and share their story. But we love talking about the history of the building that they're inhabiting.
0: Right. And, and for whatever reason, Ruta Begors is completely fine with talking about their hauntings.
1: Oh uh, yeah, they are. They are. Well, um, I just think that they're some of the best staff and they, sometimes when I've gone there and eaten and stuff like that, I'll ask if I'm like, has anything like kind of happened recently? And I've had one of them say, Oh, here, come here. I want to show you something. And like, she would tell me a story as she was showing where it happened and stuff. So, that's always yes. actually kind of fun when they share their stories. For people
0: that are local, um, Royer Mansion is on Chapman um, at the the east side of the plaza. And then...
1: Rudis is on Gloselle.
0: Rud- yeah, on the north side of the plaza, correct? Yes, it is. Like, I know exactly where it is. I just don't know my north and south. So... <laughs> <laughs> I've been there a million times, so, they're both off of the plaza, but one's on Chapman and one's on Basel. Okay, so what's mm-hmm. our next building?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I love antique stores.
0: All of them.
1: Not as many as they used to have.
0: No, I know. I'm very sad there's not I mean, the one right down the street from Royer's Mansion, the Chapman Antique Mall that used to like above that is basically the Elks Club up there, right?
1: Yeah, it's the Elks Lodge, yeah.
0: Okay. So that was the Goodfellows. That was uh, Watson's. And we referenced Watson's because Watson's is one of the oldest restaurants in the plaza. Watson's was a drugstore and a like food counter. Soda
1: fountain. Yeah. Soda fountain. Eight, 18, 1899, I think, or 1889.
0: But um, which antique mall do you want to talk
1: about? Um, I think one of the ones I really like to talk about, I think it's Antique Depot.
0: And which one? That's the one that's on the south side of Goselle. Well, south uh, side of the plaza, but on, on the, the plaza.
1: Side. Yeah, it's on Goselle. It's on the plaza. And it is the one that is on the east side east of Goselle. Yes, east side. Okay, so now we are orientated. Welcome to Orange, everybody.
0: Okay. <laughs> and it's actually right next door to that really old apartment building.
1: Yes. Oh, my. Oh love that
0: apartment building i
1: love that apartment building too and there's a really funny story about that that i don't know if i should share with your listeners but it has to do with ghosts and drunk people
0: Well, why wouldn't you
1: share it (laughs) well because i it was an evening that i was absolutely horrible to a guy oh no but it was funny
0: it was someone going a drunk guy going to that apartment yes do you still find it's still creepy? It's up to you if you want to share it.
1: I well, love well, it's it. it's it's got an e attached to it. Is that okay? Are we on? Yeah, yes, it yes?
0: always has an e attached to it. And
1: um yeah, share. Tell us. okay. No, it was really good because you know, I love I love taking people out and I love talking about local history and ghost stories. And one of the things I love is I use ghost stories as a vehicle to get people interested in history. Mm-hmm. I always get a lot of people that say, you know, I really loved your tour. I thought it was really great. But the one thing I loved so much is all the stuff that I learned. And yeah. so that's like the greatest compliment that anybody could ever give me. Right. So I'm I'm just front loading it when people would go, oh, he's just a guy who does ghost tours. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm a historian that happens to love ghosts. Right. So I'm giving this tour in Orange and we are walking through, you know, that really like very creepy alley. Yeah. That's between um, the Eileen and Grote General Store. Yeah, okay. So everybody knows that like really creepy alley. So we're walking through that really creepy alley, and here comes this very drunk guy carrying these two large glass steins, and 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 we're just wrapping up telling a story, and we're walking through the alley, and he goes, "What is this?" And I go, "It's a ghost tour," and he goes. Where are you headed? And I go, we're going this way. And he goes, don't tell me my house is haunted. <laughs> no. and I go, which one is yours? And he pointed to that apartment complex. I go, oh, it's totally haunted. And he goes, fuck. As if he <laughs> Well, he was just so like downtrodden over it. And so we were at the antique depot, and I tell the stories. Of the antique depot, and we had to walk past that apartment building, and he's outside sitting on the porch sobbing because he doesn't want to go inside.
0: Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I wonder if he... Well, maybe he sobered up and realized he
1: could still go back inside. I'm going to hell.
0: That's so funny. I love that building. I used to sit. My, remember when across the street from that apartment building was Satellite Market? Yes. That's where my mom did all our grocery shopping.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, um, both of those buildings are haunted.
0: The satellite market.
1: Well, it's attached to a haunting. Okay. Tell us. But that yes, one. even the satellite market. Okay, so we are totally getting detracted. I'm so sorry. It's okay. So let's I know we
0: here. have literally like fifteen more minutes. So
1: Alright, well let's talk antique depot. Okay. Um the place is fascinating to me because it has a lot of stories attached to it. And um, the staff have opened up to us over the years because we've been running that tour there for over 10 years and the staff love us. I thoroughly recommend going there. Uh, it's where I buy a lot of my stuff downstairs in the basement. There's this something about that place. It really is. And so most of my stories that we have about it have taken place in the basement, but of course my favorite story, and I love to tell it on my tour, is uh, one evening after they were closed, one of the managers was downstairs vacuuming the floor. And as she looked down one of the aisleways, she saw an LP record get tossed into the aisle. Now, this was closed, and she thought that maybe it was the person who rented the cubicle was there late, like cleaning up. And so she turned off the vacuum and started walking down the hallway. And uh, as she was walking down the hallway, another record comes out and lands in the aisle. And then she went into that cubicle, and it was a little corner cubicle, and um, the person did sell LPs, that the moment she walked into the cubicle, she realized that she was completely alone in this cubicle, and all the records have been taken out of their milk crates and fanned out as if somebody was examining the collection. Did she,
0: like, leave the building immediately? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know um she said that it was very disturbing that but for whatever reason she's just like we're just gonna chalk it up as one of the things that happens here
0: what was that building originally
1: <sighs> you know what i do not know what it was originally they used to have a whole bunch of markets and stores and stuff in that area and because it was a large open space i think it might have been like some kind of like a small department store
0: or furniture store or something maybe
1: And that's one thing that's interesting that we should talk about Orange. A lot of places in Orange there, they all have basements.
0: Which is very unusual for people that are listening outside of the state of California. California does not have a lot of basements.
1: Because we don't need basements.
0: Right. And it is weird because even the old Radio Shack building, which is now Blaze Pizza, that was originally a pharmacy, that even has a basement.
1: It does. Yeah. They even found a still down there. They were making moonshine during Prohibition.
0: Under the pharmacy.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, medicinal purposes. Of
0: course. It's hard to explain the Orange Plaza without people seeing it. It's a Like how about all the individual buildings? Place. And the buildings are individually owned by families, most of them.
1: Um, yes. I actually am good friends with a family who owns several buildings. And-
0: Do they have their names on the building? Like, I don't think people notice that a lot of the buildings have names on them.
1: Um, no, no, these people don't. They actually kind of like, um, it's only very recently that I find found out that they own like so many buildings in orange. And I'm like, really? And she's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, okay, that must be nice.
0: And a lot of them have apartments above them.
1: Yes. And that's the whole thing is, uh, the person I'm talking about, they're actually a business owner in the plaza and they also own the building. And so of course they're renting the upstairs out as apartments
0: okay so tell us about another location let's do one Um,
1: more well let's do one more let's talk about lollipop nail studio where's that uh it's right next to satellite market
0: oh okay so it would be satellite market is basically the last people that have never that have never been there will not even know what i'm talking about when i say satellite because i think it's been gone since the 70s or the 80s, probably. Satellite Market is essentially the last building on that side of Glassell that's part of the historic district.
1: Yeah, Pub and the other one. Those are new buildings.
0: Okay, so that's basically the last building. And now it's mm-hmm. a nail salon?
1: No, um, not where Satellite Market is, but right next, right to, next
0: to it. Right next to it? Okay, yeah. tell us about that.
1: Um, that is actually um, Orange County's first motorcycle shop.
0: Oh, what was not remember the
1: story. I I show a picture on my tour. Um, I have a picture that I found from the archives of all these guys in front of the buildings, in front of the building on their motorcycles. It's, uh, there's an arrow pointing to a guy and it says Bertie Claypool. And Bertie was a mechanic in the shop. And one day uh, he dropped the kerosene lantern onto a floor soaked in motor oil and gasoline. And the building caught fire, and he made his way out into the street, but he was on fire, and he died in the street. And uh, many people believe that Bertie haunts both that store as well as the um, antique store next door, which is, used to be Satellite Market.
0: Wow, well, uh, really? well, I wonder what Satellite Market was originally.
1: Well, one of the, no, one of the, okay. So one of the things that's very interesting is when I show people the picture. of of Bertie Claypool on the motorcycle shop. There is no building next door. Oh, so what year was that picture of Bertie? Oh, that picture is um, like 1914.
0: So the satellite market building wasn't even there in 1914? No, it
1: wasn't. That wasn't built until I think um, the late 40s.
0: Is it a historic considered... Well, it's considered part of the historic district. It's within the little walls, but... It's not as old as well. It's still old, but it's not as old as the other
1: buildings in the store. No, 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 also. no, 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 no. No, it's I. I definitely say it's more vintage than antique. Interesting. But, but um, but uh, many people have actually experienced things, including uh, one of the workers at uh, the antique store, which used to be Satellite Market, claims that she saw um somebody on fire in the store. <gasps>
0: Oh, a lot of people have talked about seeing Bernie, Bernie in the street at night, yeah. late at night.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting story. It's a very sad story. And I love it because we know so much about the story. And many people have actually smelled smoke in the building. And I'm like, well, that's no big deal. It's an old brick building. You're going to smell smoke. and But they're like, no, but you smell smoke next door in the... Uh, antique store which wasn't even built until you know the 1940s 1950s
0: wow how many buildings would you say are haunted in old town orange not including the houses that i mean include rare mansion but there's also houses on the outskirts of it that you guys walk past
1: and talk about yeah so um i would say probably about eight nine that's a lot that's a lot for a very closed area. But when you really think about the richness of the history and all the stuff that was going on,
0: and the people that lived there and the things that happened, mm-hmm.
1: I love yeah. it. There's a lot of antique stores, you know. And, and so, you know what? And that's the whole thing is that when people talk about, well, you know, nothing bad happened here. And I'm like, yeah, but look at the tens of thousands of things that are in here. You don't think any of that stuff might not be carrying something a little something extra?
0: Oh, all the antique stores, yeah. So many of them are gone now, though. I mean, it used to be all antique stores like it was Watson's Drugstore was the one restaurant and then the one bar on the other end and the liquor store. But the majority of it
1: were antique stores for many, Uh, many, many years. Yeah, it was. But times have changed.
0: Now it is 90 percent restaurants.
1: Yep. And well, I I don't want to get political about it. So.
0: But if if you get a chance to go to the Old Town Orange or the Orange Plaza whatever you want to refer to it as it's a great place to spend an evening
1: it is a fantastic place and you know what i love so much about it is when i run into people and friends and stuff like that I'm like, we'll be like well let's go get something to eat and they're like well, and then they're like well, where are we going to go eat and i'm like well let's just go to the plaza and go find something
0: yeah you because literally can walk yeah,
1: there are so many choices that you have that it's really no. ridiculous. Everything it from really is wonderful. Um, you know, anything from uh, sushi to Thai food to tacos, fantastic burgers and tacos and pizza. Yeah, so I think there's like
0: three pizza places there now.
1: Well, yeah, it's right next to Chapman University.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's a great place to go, especially during Christmas. It's the best time of the year to go.
1: And it, I like it when it's actually really cold, right? And uh, you know, and just walking the circle and seeing the Christmas decorations and stuff like that, because it's a town that still believes in Christmas.
0: It's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely. Beautiful. It's a
1: wonderful life.
0: It is. It really is. <laughs> and if if you are not in California and you can't get to the Orange Plaza. You can watch, what is the movie called that they filmed there?
1: Oh, um, That Thing You Do.
0: That Thing You Do. You can watch That Thing You Do. And basically, so much of that movie is all these areas that Charles is talking about. And you a can, lot of the
1: external shots is the plaza itself, including they did some filming of it in Watsons.
0: They did. They did. And some of the, um, well, it's now, I think it's it's sprinkles and something else, but... Um, the furniture store, the appliance store, was right there on Gliselle. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see all these things that we're talking about. If you are not in this area, if you are in this area and you have not been to the Orange Plaza, you there's no you you must go.
1: I have friends from San Diego to drive up the Orange Plaza to have to just go for the evening to go shopping and then go get dinner.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Maybe we can do um, your tour. And do a um like like an event with the with Haley and I the podcast and do a tour in December.
1: Uh, you know what? I would absolutely love to do that. Maybe we could go and meet for dinner. You know, like maybe like all the people going on a tour, we could go meet for dinner someplace and then talk stuff. That would be amazing. Tour.
0: Yeah, that would be great, especially um your ghost tour. It'd be kind of weird to do ghost tour in December, but it's so pretty down there. That's... What,
1: what, I'm sorry, what did you just say? I know. That? No, sorry. wait, no, seriously. Slow.
0: I do a ghost tour 24 seven, 365 days a year, but you and I both know that in October it amps up to being.
1: Oh yeah, they turn it up to 11. It. Yeah,
0: 5 person tour. Yeah,
1: no, no. But let me tell you something that I like talking about, and I t- and I do this, and people love it. What What is the best Christmas story ever?
0: Well, uh, Dickens. What is it? It is. It's Dickens. A Christmas
1: Carol. Right. Right. And it's a ghost story. It's a freaking ghost story.
0: You're right. You're right. So that's what we're gonna. And you, but you are less busy in December than you are in October.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Um, so let's do that. Let's totally do that. And We
0: should set up a dinner at one of the restaurants. Do you know what, though? My favorite restaurant is not necessarily in the circle, but it's outside the circle.
1: Where is it?
0: Poncho's Mexican food. Oh, you don't like poncho's? I
1: love poncho's. It's my favorite. It's All right. Okay. Everybody a- dinner at poncho's and then we go on a tour. <laughs> and
0: then we then we take like the half a mile drive down to the circle. and park right there and then we'll we'll park at royal mansion and start at royal mansion because we did not talk i was worried that we would do this episode and then people wouldn't want to take the ghost tour that we've been talking about because they heard it all. But we literally did not cover 90% of the ghost tour in this conversation.
1: Yeah. So we basically wasted time for like 45 minutes. Sorry,
0: guys. <laughs> no, we covered. You know what? I have faith in the listeners that Warrior Mansion is going to be Googled. People are going to be looking at Warrior's Mansion. Um, people are going to be looking at Rita Begores. And I don't know that they can find the... the, the uh, Antique store that you talked about, but mm. I bet you people will be googling. What's it's Charles Royer? What was his first name?
1: Doctor Daniel Franklin. Doctor
0: Daniel Franklin Royer. And
1: uh, when I did uh, the Fairhaven Cemetery tour, I used to take people to his grave. Oh, he's buried there too. He is. He's buried in the mausoleum.
0: And you don't do that tour anymore.
1: Um, we're actually taking a hiatus from it. Yeah. Why is that? Um. Just so we could focus on other things. Yeah. Yeah. But you th- also. Oh, I've, got, I've got new stuff coming out.
0: In Orange County or in San uh, Diego?
1: Let's just say we're expanding.
0: Really? So Haunted San Diego.
1: What, did I say that? Wait. What? I just said it. I okay, said it. You now. said it, but I didn't. I said it. Well, but that's excellent. All I got to we- say, say is there's no reason why. We, we've been haunted Orange County for over twelve years, and I've been so happy to be part of it. But it's time for us to blossom out because there's just so many places that are that have some fantastic stories that we need to talk about.
0: Well, in Haunted Orange County, started as just Haunted
1: Orange. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And 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 I put together Ernie's first tour,
0: and then it became Haunted Orange County. And you, um, do you want to talk about any of the things that you have coming in October that people can attend? They can go to Haunted oc.com is that what that website
1: is oc.com there are plenty of tours that are available um unfortunately i'm not really giving them any tours this month uh because i have other things going on in fact this friday night i'm doing the hotel del kate morgan seance experience
0: that's so amazing
1: and uh that is completely sold out for both nights
0: oh i don't doubt it i don't doubt it that is such a story
1: and so um that's going to be really, really fun, And um, but after October, I'm going to be sitting down and doing a lot of research, and we're getting, we, I've already started working on stuff with Ernie Alonzo who runs Haunted Orange County, and uh, we're going to really start working on expanding some stuff and getting more people out and showing them some fantastic things and telling some um, horrifically wonderful stories.
0: And teaching them a lot about
1: history. And teaching them a lot about history while they're having it.
0: That's awesome. Because and I we'll
1: – go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. And
0: we will talk more about doing a December
1: tour. I would absolutely love to. Dinner um, and tour. Yeah. And I, I have to say something. Can I say something to your listeners really quickly? Please. You know, the, I don't know if for listeners that have listened to the Villa Montezuma podcast, um, I do probably about six, seven, sometimes eight podcasts a year. Somebody was always asking me to come and do something. And I have to tell you that Haunted History Podcast is probably one of the best podcasts out there that covers that. Aww. I mean, there's, and I mean, if people who know me, um, I'm at the gym almost every day and I'm listening to podcasts while I work out. And, um, I have been like, absolutely since, since you and I have met, I've been like devouring all your podcasts. I love them.
0: Thank you so much, Charles. Well, you were the one, just so you know, when I went on your tour, I don't know, 12, 10 years ago, you were the whole reason why I got so interested in the history of Orange. I grew up there and I would find out little tidbits and things, you know, here and there. And it's my hometown. It's I love it because it's my hometown. But it was because of you that I wanted to know so much more.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I was just like, I, I knew it was historic. I knew it was old. But I didn't know the stories. And then I completely devoured anything I could find. I spent hours in the, in the history section of the Orange Public Library. Hours. They would kick me out.
1: Yeah, you know, I do. I think that's one of the things that's really funny is people go, "Oh, what's the best place that I could learn if I want to like really learn about historical research for like ghost stories and stuff?" And I'm like, "Try the library."
0: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, this yeah. The sandboard getting to put on. I know. I always joke about this, and I joked about this a long time ago in um, my podcast, probably at the very beginning. Is one of my favorite things is is when they bring you something to look at like you you're researching something and you want to look at it and they bring you the white gloves and you get to wear the white gloves like you're looking at something so old and so precious that your hand let's not go back to the fact that i touched the wallpaper but let's the fact that you are looking oh, at god are we going to talk
1: about that again
0: no i don't want to talk about the wallpaper again okay. My, uh, i got shit for that by the way people that have listened to the podcast have messaged me and like how do you not know better and i do know better But and so it sounds weird that I'm saying this, but my favorite thing ever is when you're doing research and they bring you something so old and so precious that your actual skin can't touch it. Like it it is the most amazing thing to maybe I'm just a history geek. I don't know. But to me, it's like I don't like I can't get enough of it.
1: No, what it is, is it's a deep primal connection to the past.
0: It maybe, And that's my and, genealogy. And, thing I, and
1: I think the gloves like triggers it. Yeah. You know what sure. the gloves represent. And I've done it because I've worked in museums. I've worked in historical museums and I've handled artifacts and stuff like that. And I, I used to carry the gloves in my back pocket. And whenever <sighs> it came to, oh, we got to move something, you know, you just instinctively reached into your pocket and you put the gloves on and you're like, OK, you know, shit's about to get real.
0: Yeah, to, the sand and my second love is Sanborn fire maps. The fire insurance maps. Uh huh. Love them, love them. I can look at them all day.
1: You know, you really should get out more. I know.
0: It's, <laughs> it's sad. I really want my life and my job to be like just huddled down in a historic or like we're just archives of historic stuff. Yeah. But. My my love is the city I grew up in. I love Orange, and that's you know that's my home. So to be able to spend time in that historic room meant of oh, the world to me.
1: I do love their historical. They room.
0: have a great oh, historical room. center. Thanks so much for doing this with me, and we'll talk soon and figure out when we can do it. It'd be amazing if we could find a cold, rainy night to do a ghost tour and a dinner. In those are actually Wild- the best. Everybody loves to really not
1: do a ghost tour in the rain. I love ghost tours in the rain. I bring a big umbrella and everybody we huddle underneath and look at pictures. and.
0: Tell yeah, no, things. and it's great. And it's decorated for Christmas and we get to talk about ghosts. All right. Sounds Thanks, good. Thanks, Charles. Thank
1: you. Okay, I'll talk Bye-bye soon. bye everyone.
0: Old Town Orange Historic District is located about 32 miles southeast of Los Angeles and is ranked second in California for having the highest concentration of historic buildings in the area. It features the oldest operating soda fountain, Watson's, that you heard us talking about in the episode, originally opened in 1875 by Doc Andres and purchased by Keller Watson in 1899. You can still go there and sit at the counter and have yourself a soda. It's also home to the oldest operating bank. The Plaza Park's focal point is an illuminated fountain installed in 1937, which replaced a bronze fountain built in 1887. The new fountain features tile work by Charles McCandless, who I only mentioned because McCandless Tile was one of my husband's first jobs, and I love that the company he worked for had a hand in our beloved hometown. It's the largest national Register district in California, and although we only spoke about three specific buildings in the episode, the Plaza Historic District has over 1,300 vintage buildings in its one small square mile. And taken directly from the Preserve Orange County website, in the early 1900s, stores included the Pixley Furniture Store, Dittmer's Mission Pharmacy, Weaver's Bookstore, Cornette, Five and Dime, Orange Hardware, Orange Camera, the Colonial Theater later changed to the Plaza Theater, and the Orange Theater, which we didn't even get to talk about. The Plaza Historic District is recognized by the APA as Great Place in America, joining New York Central Park, Los Angeles' Oliveira Street, and Chicago's Magnificent Mile. More info from the Preserve Orange County website states that the brick, the faced Gothic Revival St. John's Lutheran Church on Center, built in 1913. Its stained glass windows are among the last shipped from Germany before World War I and is truly beautiful. The Chapman Chapel on Grand Street was formerly the Trinity Episcopal Church where my in-laws were married. It was built in 1901. The rural Victorian Gothic was the first church designed by Philip Froman, who in 1915 became the resident architect for Washington, D.C.'s National Cathedral. A favorite location of filmmakers and TV crews from That Thing You Do that Charles spoke about, others include American Horror Story, which we got to meet Sarah Paulson at and when she saw our great Dane Grayson and ran over, and I'll post a pic on our episode webpage. But also the Coen brothers, The Man Who Wasn't There, Surviving Christmas, First Daughter, Cannonball Run, Gumball Rally, Bridesmaids, Big Mama's House, Accepted, Grimson Tide in the pilot episode of Ghost Whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt. If you're interested in the tour that Charles spoke about in December, please send us an email at hauntinghistorypodcast at gmail.com to join our mailing list when tickets become available. And if you have the opportunity to visit the Plaza Historic District, please go. It's a little bit of every small town in America and worthy of a visit. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at HauntingHistoryPodcast.com for more information on each episode, links to our Patreon page, and all of our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. Remember, the living are far scarier than anything.